0: Welcome to the Move Without Limits podcast summer mini-series, Stories We Love. Throughout the year, you learn from the best coaches and clinicians in the field. This summer, it's all about hearing from the experts in life experience. You'll hear from our loved members of the Reload community. They're the stories we love because they're all about people getting back to what they love. Pain, disease, injury, surgery, aging, trauma, happen. If you're willing and able to take the opportunity, those twisted, beautiful life happenings could be our best teachers. Today, you will hear from people who are empowered by their journey. People who work hard to learn valuable lessons from rehab and healing and now are stronger and more resilient because of it. If you feel inspired today by a story, please subscribe and leave a review to help our community grow and to show your support. If you think a story you hear today will help instill hope in a family member, or one of your loved ones, please share this episode with them. On behalf of the Reload family, thank you. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Mallory. Hello, and hi, Mark. Hi, Mallory. So, Mark, actually, this is your first co-host.
1: That's true. Yeah, it's my first time.
0: Everyone, this is Mark. He's a physical therapist on the team. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And Mark and Carl work together.
2: Here at Reload. For about 15 months now, I believe. Yeah. Began when I ruptured my Achilles tendon, being a little bit careless. It was one of those freak accidents. When I was told I would be in a boot for three months, I decided it was critical to have some kind of a program to make sure that everything didn't go downhill during those three months. Reload had been recommended by a couple of people. I'm here with Mark. That's
0: right. And you guys do some pretty cool workouts out there. You're going to go into training session next, right after this today. What are you guys currently working on?
2: We've shifted some from focusing on the area of the injury to more whole body exercises, dealing with a lot of things that I had actually never dealt with consciously. When I was a lot younger, I was a competitive cyclist, skier, and most of what I emphasized was lower body work. And as a result, I let things above the belt get a little bit slack.
0: Wow. What was training for skiing like?
2: Actually, I started cycling to train for skiing. And then in the off-season, a lot of running, open area running in the mountains, some trampoline work. About the only upper body work really was working with the speed bag.
0: And how long ago was that?
2: Oh, it began about 65 years ago.
0: Wow. (laughs) And what made you get into
2: that? I had always, I had always skied. From the time I was three, my parents put me on skis and it began just on a little hill in our backyard and I loved it. It was just something that came relatively naturally. And when I was nine or 10, I found a book called the, something like the authentic Austrian ski instruction method and began reading it. And... Uh, copied things from there for a little while, and then uh, when I got a little older, I had the benefit of some, some good coaching, and my first college experience was Middlebury, which at the time had one of the top three ski teams in the country, which was way above my head, but I got to ski with three of our Olympic skiers, and the coach at that time was a guy named Bobo Sheehan, who is the U.S. Olympic ski coach, and I learned a lot. And I, actually, it was after that, it was one, once I moved to New York and skiing became quite a production that I began cycling competitively as something that was comfortably an urban activity for a number of years, was involved in the Saturday morning races in Central Park and then other races outside the city.
0: Did you ever have to live with an injury and rehab an injury then?
2: Not really. One of the things that Mark and I are working on right now is I had torn something in my shoulder when I was 13 or 14 that was never properly treated, something that has bothered me all my life. Mm -hmm. But other than that, a lot of road rash from cycling. Mm -hmm. I have not had any serious skiing accidents other than oh, good. that one torn shoulder, which was a was ski. So this was, uh, this was a wake-up call.
0: Yeah. What kind of exercises are you guys doing? Anything that you wouldn't expect yourself to be doing now?
2: That lots. Just about everything we do is new. And what I'm finding really exciting is that the approach that Mark has is very, I can almost say, scientifically focused on addressing particular issues. And it's similar to the kind of help that I got from Boshian when I was skiing, except that was focused on skiing technique Mm. rather than physical issues. And uh, the notion of what things I'm able to do that... Address specific weaknesses that I have now is is, is really it's eye opening. It began working on on the Achilles, and for the first three months, it was working completely around the Achilles, which was essentially immobilized. Yeah, and then for what was it about six weeks after that, exercises that made sure that the foot didn't go beyond the neutral position. And we're at a point now. We have been, I guess, for the last month or two where I feel as though the injured leg is about as fully recovered as it's going to be with very slow improvement after that. It's, it's reached a plateau, and I'm continuing to work on that on my own, and we're working on all the other things that I've neglected. Yeah.
0: And you guys get pretty creative. Mark, you describe some of your turf workouts.
1: Oh, Sure. So first I want to say a lot of the success that Carl's experienced is largely due to his diligence and his devotion to doing a lot of things on his own. So everything that I say that I recommend for him to do here and I recommend that he tries on his own, he's very diligent about completing every single rep to, for as long as I say for him to do it and he rests exactly how he should be. He's a pretty ideal client, it's a pleasure to work with him because you can really see that devotion that he put towards his sports and his athletic career is coming through here at his rehab that said, once we got to a certain point with his Achilles tendon, he was able to bear a hundred percent weight on his leg. And he was able to develop some strength with the calf. We got creative with some of the turf workouts. I wanted it to be representative of New York city streets, New York city Mm -hmm. subways and sidewalks. So we would set up these foam rollers and it would be a little bit reminiscent of the ski days where he'd be weaving in and out of these foam rollers, trying not to knock them over, but then also trying to complete the course in as little time as possible. So we had a little bit of fun with it. Yeah.
2: It was almost too much fun. I I, I realized that I was doing it more because it was almost like a, a competitive activity. <laughs> and a lot of it is things I could do on my own, the side-to-side, fast jumping and things. And at actually more recently, just the lower body work, the sled, has been really helpful. That's a good both physical workout and cardio as well.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: What kind of things have you learned from working with Mark?
2: Oh, boy. I think the biggest thing, which I've touched on, is the idea that all of these exercises and programs can be handled in a way where there is... a conscious understanding of the way the exercises are structured and the results that they're intended to produce. The I, I guess the other thing that we've connected on, I'm an architect and I'm very much interested in the mechanics of structure. And also having cycled, I, I used to build my own bicycles and I'm very interested in the dynamics of that kind of a machine, and Mark is able to explain some of the very complicated interactions of bones, tendons, and muscles in a way that really I had never understood in their complexity before. And that helps tremendously for me in terms of being able to, first of all, being able to do the exercises somewhat properly, although Mark may disagree with that. No. <laughs> I think I But also, I I enjoy it more. I I enjoy feeling uh, how everything is working. Isn't it so cool? It it really is. I think that was a critical part of getting the the calf muscles working again. I, I I really had no idea the overlapping layers of muscles in the calf and the way they interconnected to various parts of the foot. At March, explaining that really helped in terms of understanding how to do the exercises properly. And again, enjoying the exercises even when they were a total pain.
0: I love that, Mark. You really shaped it to a language that you love in architecture and structure and connecting the body to how you like to think, which is really cool. What has learning all these exercises and about the body, what has that taught you about just your health and fitness?
2: That's a complicated question. I've always I've always been fairly interested and active in terms of general health. Um from the time I was cycling the whole issue of monitoring health, monitoring recovery time, sort of long term recovery time for fatigue and aerobic and cardio recovery from from exercise. So I don't think this has changed that much actually, but it's all fit together very well. And it's certainly been an enhancement to just the way I'm living.
0: Yeah. Have you noticed trends in how training was when you were younger versus now or things that are really different or really similar?
2: Oh yeah. It's much more, I should say the training that I experienced, even with really good coaching with skiing, the training now is just much more focused. It's much, it's much more scientifically based. Although I have to say some of the training that I've seen not participated in seems to me to be more pseudoscience than science. Mm -hmm. And I'm really skeptic about almost everything. And I was convinced very quickly that what mark was saying was was the real deal thanks carl
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember when we first met it was when your wife was coming in to see us yes. uh, and my first impression of carl was that he was focused on recording the exercises for her and making sure that she was well taken care of and he was probably more interested than she was in the exercise <laughs> and how detailed and thorough we were being but that's really how we started off our relationship
2: that's right actually my daughter who is a fitness enthusiast had recommended reload for my wife and the injury or the the issue that she had with a number of joint replacements and things i think in a way kept her from enjoying or taking advantage of what reload had to offer or may, maybe outlook i'm not sure but I do have to say that the first sessions were really extremely productive. And then it was during that period that I ruptured my Achilles tendon.
0: Was there any point where especially after you were injured where you felt scared?
2: Not scared, frustrated and I think there were times when I probably wanted you no know, I know I wanted to do more than was advisable. The the biggest frustration, I think toward the end of the time that I was in the boot, was that I, I was beginning to feel quite strong. And uh, being told that under no circumstances was to, was I to walk around without the boot on and uh, warn that it could be a really big setback that mm-hmm. might cause the tendon to detach the point that it was beginning to reconnect. But no, I don't think I was ever scared.
0: You were very proactive right from the beginning, which is amazing.
2: Yeah. I'd had a couple of PT sessions. I actually, once I had picked up Lyme disease, and there was a lot of a lot of discomfort. And the rheumatologist recommended PT, and I thought it was almost a complete waste of time. And from the time we started, which I think was no more than a week after I had the boot, it was... A week after I, I had the injury, I felt that there was a program to address the injury. It's good.
0: Carl, would you mind sharing how old you are? I'm 80. 80. It's amazing. Yeah. What I love about your story and everything that you're sharing is that there are many people that, as they get older, they make excuses about it. And you don't make any excuses.
2: That's not public. <laughs> I make some to myself. Mm. It's also, it's true, and that's a really important point, that it's a fairly fine line of understanding that at this point in my life, I do have limitations on what I can do. I, For example, I pretty much stopped cycling in the streets because my reaction up until maybe 10 years ago was that I could do anything. I could get out of any situation. And because I, I was very comfortable riding in, in a large group of cyclists. I was always comfortable riding in the middle of traffic. And I feel now my reflexes have slowed down a little bit. And also that my various components are a little more fragile than they used to be. But at the same time, there are other times when I'm going through exercises and things are a bit uncomfortable. And I said to myself, when I was. Doing wind sprints on a bike, for example, that was really uncomfortable. So this, this is just to be expected.
0: Do you have advice for anyone who is trying to fight making those excuses, or anyone who feel, might feel frustrated like you did?
2: Gee, that that's a difficult question. I, I don't think I do actually, because I think every situation is somewhat unique. I, I think, I think the dynamics the Mark and I have been just really positive. I, I assume that because Mark is a professional, he would deal with other people somewhat differently. But my own approach to uh, exercise, to physical activity and things like that, I feel really that they have to do with my own character and our not certainly not universally transferable, and maybe not transferable to anybody.
0: I like that answer because really, what that makes me think of is you need to be with people, surrounded by people who are looking to understand you as a person and help yes. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good stuff, Carl.
0: Is there anything that
2: we missed here today? I- can't think of anything not that
1: i can think of
0: what what does the training session look like today what's today's intent and goal what are we what's the lesson of today
1: like carl said we've been focusing a lot more on upper body work which is something that he has less experience with as he mentioned he did a lot of lower body focused sports growing up and he was quite competitive in two of them so the exercises that we work on now are a little more fundamental we're doing some basic upper body lifts and Truthfully, we gear these exercises that we do here towards what he can reproduce on his own at home based on the equipment that he has available to him, the types of weights that he has available to him. We build a program that he can execute on his own, along with a few things here that we can only uniquely do here, like the sled that he mentioned, Mm. and then some of the heavier things that we have access to here. Uh, But yeah, that's it. You mentioned that you are doing a little bit of cycling on your own, but...
2: Yeah, we we have a stationary bike Mm. uh, at Mm. home, and I've been using that to rebuild, aerobic work, and also just to monitor power output. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's great stuff. That's it. We're looking at upper body strengthening. And then really, I've seen a remarkable change in your posture since the first time I've seen you. And I think that can be understated. It's the amount of work that you're doing on your own. It's really straightening you up.
2: Yeah, I feel that. Definitely.
1: Very good.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time. I'm excited to see peak on your workout now in the next hour. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. It
2: was a pleasure. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Mallory. Thank you.